to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I am your humble host, Tim Harris, joined, of course, by my beautiful wife, Julie. Julie, welcome to today's Real Estate Coaching Radio radio show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, as always. And you're not going to thank me for all their gratuitous compliments? Well, you know, I come to expect them over the years. Oh, is that right? Thank you. Of course, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So we're we're talking about a... I know. We have a topic today that I think a lot of you are going to appreciate because, frankly, it is something that all of us deal with every single day, not just in sales but in life in general, and it is overcoming rejection. Rejection is constantly surrounding us, and it's your ability to handle the rejection. It's the ability to see through the rejection. It's your ability to ultimately relabel the rejection or the feeling of rejection as an opportunity to succeed and win um, that we're going to help you to understand on today's radio show. So we've got a great topic today, how to overcome rejection. You know, Julie, uh, the uh, emphasis of today's radio show was a coaching client that I had who had a series of rejections. He was trying to break into a more expensive market. He was getting shot down. He was losing listings. And I think he lost like three or four listing appointments. And he had a long track record of essentially getting like 95% of all the listings he'd go on. He was just an absolute professional. But as soon as he broke into this new market, um, he all of a sudden was experiencing rejection for the first time in a long time or maybe even the first time in his entire career because this guy had a lot of natural, has a lot of natural talent and ability. And so what was happening was this rejection was really deeply, profoundly affecting him to the point where he was questioning everything about him, you know, which in itself isn't a bad thing. It's good to be introspective, and it's good to have those experiences so you can start basically being introspective as you know, where you need to change and, and constantly change and constantly evolve and improve your skills and all that. But for this guy in particular, what it had done is completely taken the wind out of his sails and I had to help him reframe what the rejection truly meant so they could put him into a position where he could then get back on the saddle and start kicking butt again, which, which mm-hmm. he did. So, I mean, Julie, how do you help coaching clients, and how do you coach our coaches to help coaching clients get over rejection? Well, it, it's a great topic because pretty much everybody deals with it all the time, and it is a very common thing on coaching calls that we deal with. So let's jump into your question, how do you actually deal with that? So the first point is to actually know your numbers. Now, that seems like kind of a weird comment to deal with rejection, but knowing your numbers gives you power. If you're rejected for an appointment, but you know that it takes you on average 10 contacts, real conversations to set an appointment, well, you have nine to go. The rejection is just one step closer to the appointment. The numbers don't lie. They really do keep your head screwed on straight. And I would even say, you know, gives you another thing to work on. If it takes you 10, make it a goal of it only taking eight. So, you know, I remember our old broker, Rory, said, if you constantly hear yes, you're not trying hard enough. You hear, need to hear no more often to move yourself forward. Well, so that's break, a mindset yes, shift. It is. But let's break this down based on what you just said, something really practical, right? So if you know, for example, and we always like to use 
good old-fashioned over-the-phone prospecting as an example because it makes the point the quickest. So if you know, for example, it takes normally uh, 10 contacts for you to call. Like I've got all my high-end clients right now and all these really ridiculously crazy, you know, almost over-frothy markets. I've got them working, uh, you know, unrepresented owners for sale by owners. It's a cash cow. In some of these crazy markets of San Jose and, you know, certainly in parts of Manhattan, there's these FISBOs that are popping out, people that normally wouldn't consider FISBOing that are figuring such a, such a hot seller's market that they can just take advantage of it. And, you know, in some cases they can. So what happens is, is as you're developing the skill set to go after unrepresented owners, FISBOs, you're going to get a lot of rejection. But if you know statistically that the average agent is able to, well, average agent that's been practicing for, say, 90 days, is able to set a listing appointment for every, say, five or six for sale by owner contacts, and they're able to take, say, 80% or 90%. Well, those numbers, as Julie just said, will allow you to disengage from the emotional distraught of having reject, been rejected and making you realize, well, that rejection is, in essence, one, just one, close, one step closer to a success. So, again, it's about reframing it and not taking it personally. If you're taking it personally, what's going to happen is you're not going to learn from the experience. So, Julie, what's the next point? All right, perfect. So you want to set long-term goals. A personal goal can help you reframe your thinking to cope better with sales rejections. So perhaps you want to pay for your kid's college education or you want to donate money to a favorite charity. Maybe you want to pay off a rental house. You know, longer-term goals so that you're not so attached to what happens every second of the day. And that's a big issue with people in real estate because, you know, one hour to the next it can be up and down and all around and I just had a great experience followed by rejection. You know, don't live so in the moment. Maybe it's just one step closer to you becoming a great listing agent having to experience objections that maybe you had a hard time with. That's moving you closer to your overall goal and realize these things do take time. So set longer-term goals. So next point, Tim? Don't take it personally. And as an agent, it's all too easy to take rejection personally. After all, there's no one to blame but yourself. And again, use the no's as learning opportunities. Commit to having to relearn the same thing uh, over and Commit to not having to relearn the same thing over and over again. As a, result, as a rule, we learn more from rejection than success. Always own the rejection. Never allow yourself to blame something external or you'll kill the opportunity for you to learn and to improve. Now, we talked about this the other day on the radio, and I got some emails afterwards where some people didn't understand the point with regards to owning um, and being responsible for the things that even are essentially may happen to you accidentally. The power that comes from being 100% responsible for everything that happens to you, good, bad, or indifferent, is that it does force you to take different actions. If you, the last thing you want to do when you're uh, in a situation where it's a competitive listing, let's say, or you're trying to get a buyer and they work with another realtor, the last thing you want to do is blame something external. So, for example, I remember very clearly when Julie and I were listing real estate forever ago, you know, that uh, there was uh, the occasional relocation uh, company that would try to creep into our existing client relationships. Oh, well, it turns out that person, you know, they'll send in the reload. You guys know how it works. The reload company will send in some agent that will, you know, try to coerce the seller into believing that they have to list with that particular agent, and then the relocation company will often reinforce that, you know, kind of falsehood. And then you're in a position where as a, you know, we would be in a position where we'd have to like explain to them that's not really how it works. And then, you know, these uncomfortable conversations. So we had that happen once 
opposed to what, and then we figured out how to essentially overcome that objection so it never happened again. And that's part of our listing presentation, by the way, guys. So, and it's part of the pre-listing pack. So existing coaching clients, the material in there was all designed basically from us learning from having made mistakes personally and help you avoid the same thing. But what a lot of agents would have done is they would have said, oh, I guess I'm just going to lose that listing. You know, I don't have that particular relationship. There's nothing that I can do to, you know, it is what and, it is. And blame gonna... the reload company for them not exactly. getting it. Right, or if you guys don't get a, uh, you know, you lose it, oh, well, that other realtor, they wanted to overprice it. Or the other realtor, you know, I'm focusing on listings because that's what we're hoping all of you guys accept is if you have to become listing agents to last in this business. Oh, well, I, you know, the other agent was willing to take a lower commission or the other agent had fill in the blank. In other words, you're not owning the failure. You're not owning the rejection. Whereas if you'd say, okay, the other agent uh, supposed, you know, say they did price it higher. Maybe I need to learn my scripts better and how to price properties. Maybe I need to learn to never, ever lose a listing, especially in a hot seller's market overpriced if the seller has to sell. Maybe I need to learn to fill in the blank. See, taking the responsibility for it, even when, you know, it's not seemingly your, your fault. Even if you can find 100 people that would say, you know, it wasn't your fault that you slipped and fell on the sidewalk and, you know, split a knee or whatever, right? It wasn't your fault that you did that. The sidewalk was, well, okay, but it, Okay, that's one way to look at it. I'm a victim of a slippery sidewalk. But if you were to reframe that in your mind and say, well, had I not been walking so fast, had I not been walking so slow, had I been wearing different shoes, had I been watching where I was stepping and I wouldn't have stepped in the puddle, you guys get the point? Own everything, and then it causes you to set your ego aside, which is really the hidden agenda with this call today, setting your ego aside, and will give you the opportunity to learn and improve. Jules, what's the next point? Well, let me stand that just for a second because that assumes that they're finding out in the first place why they didn't, for example, get a listing. That is a valid some point. Of you guys, <laughs> some of you guys, you know, for being honest, you don't bother to ask because you're so pissed off about not getting it, which is also an ego issue, right? So right. you need to come to terms with it and say, I did not get that listing because, fill in the blank, and it is a very professional thing, actually, to do to call that listing prospect and simply ask them. I'm curious, could you share with me why you decided to go with so-and-so versus listing with me so that I can improve my presentation for my next client? You know, yeah, that's pretty you know, classy. So I'm glad you brought that up. When you guys don't win a listing, for example, or a buyer, whatever reason that you experienced failure, experienced rejection, you got to call that person back and find out why. You have to know, you know, because then you can improve. Sometimes you will know because you'll find yourself bantering with the seller about something that shouldn't have been an issue in the first place, price, commission, you know, positioning, whatever, right? You'll have some kind of, you know, inappropriate conversation at the time of the listing and, you, and, you'll, have, and you'll have created tension. But other times it is a mystery. Like, why the heck would they have chosen? Okay, so you'll call them up and you'll find out it was some ridiculous reason I remember very clearly, and I shared this story with all of our coaches to share with their coaching clients. Um, you might remember this, Jules. So there was this listing. I think you and I went out together. It was a high-end listing. It was a, they loved us, perfect property. Everything was perfect, great commission, great price, great motivation, boom, ba-da-ding, ba-da-ding. And, um, you know, they even signed the contract. Uh, they were wanting to think about it, so they signed the paperwork, and we told them we'd swing by in the morning and pick it up. They'd leave it on their porch. You know, it's kind of like your fallback clothes if they don't want you to take your paperwork. Again, coaching clients learn this. So um, next morning, 
swing by Paperworks out there, call them, what's going on? They said, we listed it with so-and-so. And so-and-so, we knew, was essentially a new agent, really a part-time new agent, no experience, on paper, no reason she should have taken the listing. And I asked, right, this doesn't even make any sense. Um, why did you list with so-and-so? And the reason was, and this I'll never forget, was because she asked for the listing. And I thought to myself, well, what does that mean? You know, what is it? Well, she was really enthusiastic about the listing. She was really excited about it. Well, of course it was. It was probably her first paycheck ever in real estate. So, you know, right. and because they fed, right, they fed off that energy and enthusiasm, and she asked for the listing. Now, what asking for the listing is, she probably said, you know, can I literally please have this listing? She probably lit, I will never forget that, and we never lost the listing again uh, because we weren't direct in asking that question. In other words, we called. We were willing to be humble. We were willing to be um, essentially uh, swim in the rivers of rejection because we wanted to understand why we didn't get the business and how we could improve. So much can be learned from the rejection. Very little can be learned from the success. Jules, what's the next point? All right, perfect. So the next point, it, and I just lost my nose temporarily. Hang on a second. How did that happen? Okay, there they are. All right, so the next point is to get into – this is one of my favorite points – get into a routine – embrace having a schedule. I know that sounds very analytical, but here's the example that I like. Well, to that's the reason you love it, my dear. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Let's say that let's just say that you're an agent who, you know, pretty typical stance, you go day to day putting out fires on the deals that you've got pending, going to some lead follow-up and working with buyers that scream the loudest and seem motivated dealing with your sellers as needed. You know, pretty typical average agent with decent production, but maybe not the greatest time management. Should sound familiar to some of you. Okay, and that agent loses a deal. One of their pendings falls apart. Drama blows up, not savable. And they were counting on, say, a $7,500 commission check, something, you know, that you would miss. Okay, versus agent number two, who follows a schedule, did their lead follow-up for an hour in the morning, did an hour of some type of prospecting, whatever they're working on, could be past clients, unrepresented sellers, could be a number of different things. Maybe they work with a builder. But they spent their morning on lead generation and lead follow-up and set a new appointment. And that agent loses the same $7,500 commission this afternoon. Now, which agent is going to be more unglued? Yeah, it's going to be exactly. the one that didn't have something else set up in the background so that they could simply say, next, I'll be okay because I've got my next appointment. So get into the routine and embrace having a schedule. Developing a routine is a great way to stay motivated. Making calls at the same time every day. Meditating at the same time every day. It keeps your mental train on the tracks so that each little thing that you know gets in your way or some sort of rejection doesn't throw you off of the rails for, you know, some of you guys, it takes weeks to recover from something big. If you just say, okay, well, what's next in my schedule? I guess I better be doing lead follow-up because that's what I'm supposed to do. Probably I'm going to get an appointment from that. You're going to feel a lot better than if you don't follow a schedule and you just go wherever the wind blows you. So embrace a schedule that by itself can cure you from some of the feeling overly rejected that causes you to lose money. Next point, Tim. Actually, Julie, I wrote this next point um, with, um, let me see which point was. Oh, the last point I re wrote with you in mind because it's something you like to talk about. But the next one is build relationships. Don't reject prospects after they reject you. Um, if you've been rejected, it doesn't necessarily mean this person will never uh, be your client. 
keep the conversation going. <laughs> this is something that's funny, but it's true. The biggest secret to being a successful listing agent, and you guys, you know, if you ever want to know the biggest secret to being successful as a listing agent, here it is. Ready? Write this down. Never forget this. The biggest secret to being a successful listing agent is having the listing when it sells. <laughs> having Very the important. Listing when Very it's, important. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what you do is when you get rejected and they hire somebody else, the worst thing you can do is, is essentially burn the bridge with that prospective seller. Because in a lot of markets, in the market where we sold real estate, it was normal for a listing to go through two or three agents before it actually ended up selling. Yeah. So you wanted to have that relationship. Maybe here's the funny part. So you go on a listing, seller's ridiculously, just unreasonable, just not something, whatever, whatever. You don't hit it off. You don't get the listing. You list with somebody else. Well, as they progress through that listing agent, maybe even a listing agent after that, they become more motivated. Their want-to becomes a have-to. The market's beating them down on price. They're now all of a sudden not so proud of their house, not so proud of their price, not so willing to try to basically get you guys to list it for free. All that stuff happens over the time of essentially these other listing relationships, and then they call you back. Anyone who's been in the business for a long time um, knows that the last thing you want to do is burn a bridge even after somebody's rejected you. Now, here's an interesting little paradigm to all of this. Sometimes, because a lot of folks that you're going to be doing business with hardly ever hire or make a decision like uh, the decision as to who they should hire to sell um, their home. It's not a normal part of normal people's lives. If you think about it, how most people live, they're not making decisions like that on a regular basis. So they themselves are going to be very uncomfortable with the fact that they rejected you. They're not going to be used to making decisions, let alone saying no to somebody. And so they're going to be uncomfortable. So what you have to do is when they hire somebody else, you have to make them feel good about the fact that they made that decision. I know that's totally counterintuitive. Be why? Because ultimately what that does is it leaves the door open for future conversations. It leaves the door open for them to say, you know what? Um, you know, so-and-so, great agent, you know, I was considering him or whatever. So you haven't burnt a bridge. This, guys, is how you build long-term real estate businesses. You always keep in mind that you're playing the long game. It is always you know, about taking the listing and focusing on, you know, serving your seller and your buyer, doing the best job you can for other people. But honestly, you're going to get sand kicked in your face a lot. Thank the sand kicker, and remember, it, it's possible that down the road, you and that sand kicker are going to be building a sand castle together. So don't let your mind get confused about that. All right, next point, Julie. Okay, the next point, again, we're talking about how to handle rejection. Talk to people who are further down the success path than you are. It's really easy to feel as if you're the only agent facing so much rejection. That's why it's critical to reach out to other agents, and that way you'll know you're not alone. The more we get rejected, the more we tend to isolate and go into our hermit holes. Okay? You guys do hide out. We see that with coaching clients. Our coaches see that with the clients. That you know something happens, and oh, you know, early warning sign, they rescheduled their coaching call because they don't want to talk about it. Right? So you guys start to hide out sometimes. Well, this is when you need your coaching call the most. This is when you need to pick up the phone. Outreach. Talk to other entrepreneurs, other salespeople, people who are more successful than you. Whether they're in real estate or not, the fact that they're successful, you know, they're going to have some stories like this to share. I'll never forget some of the coaches' trainings that we've been through, Tim, where we play that fun game, top that real estate uh, 
you know, drama uh, or top story. story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have such a great collection from fellow successful top producers. And some of these stories are just outrageous, right? They'll make whatever you're going through make you feel a lot better to know that some top producer that you look up to has been through something that makes your rejection seem like nothing. You know? Well, and I mean, if you don't have people if you don't have people like that in your life, you can read biographies, you can, mm-hmm. you know, do things it, it, you can take in information from other sources. It is very common for us to be stuck in our hermit holes, you know, emotionally, and we're not really surrounding ourselves with people that are higher up on the ladder than you. That is one of the benefits of coaching, by the way, that you do have somebody that can mentor you to go down the path that you're cho- choosing for yourself. That really is truly something you've got to be considering when you're hiring a coach. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Um, we're now offering student loans, so if you guys want to join our Breakthrough Coaching Program, you can actually join our Breakthrough Coaching Program, which is our highest in elite coaching program where you get your own private coach. Uh, it's what The normal price is $997, but if you decide to go the financing route, the student loan route, it's only $359 a month. So keep that in mind. If some of you have been on the fence about hiring a coach because you figure that you can't afford it, well, now you can, so definitely look into that. Easiest path to uh, learn more about it is you can go to our website, timandjulieharris.com, or you can simply request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Jules, what's the next point? All right, the next one is to actually acknowledge your accomplishments. Keep a gratitude journal. This is a great exercise. Every night, write down the top three or four things that you did that day during that day to review what you're grateful for. What did you actually do really well? This is not uncommon to do on a coaching call when the coaching client comes to the call saying, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened. Blah, 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 this was awful. Well, is me. I'm still getting over it. A lot of times coaches will get in front of that and say, all right, that's over and done with. Is there anything you could have done differently? We correct it. We fix it. We systematize. And then we say, moving the ball forward, tell me three things you did absolutely fantastic last week that you're proud of. And that resets the tone. That changes the mindset. Because the fact of the matter is, you guys do do a lot of stuff really great, but for some reason you don't gravitate towards that. We all you know, gravitate towards dwelling on what didn't go so well. And it's always so funny, Tim. I know you've had coaching calls like this where it's like, Here is the, here's my grocery list of what didn't go right. And then they'll tell you they took three listings last week and they sold yeah. two and they got you know, three price reductions and they sold a buyer. Well, why aren't we celebrating that at the top of the call? You know, I mean, obviously, if you screwed something up, we're going to get in front of it, help you systematize it, figure it out, overcome the objection, what have you. That's our jobs as coaches. But we're not going to let you hold on to that for the next two or three weeks and not do what makes you money. That doesn't make sense, right? So but have you, a you gratitude know, Julie, journal. Yeah. You know, you know this as well as I do. The coaching clients that have been with us for years, they know that we're going to ferret out what they didn't do right in the previous week. Mm-hmm. So right. they know to basically, we're like their confessional. So they'll come and they'll say, well, you know, I missed the listing because of this, or I screwed up the script on this, or I didn't follow the process on that, or I didn't pre-qualify the seller, so I didn't know their motivation before I went on the appointment. And, they'll, and they do, out of habit, uh, will get that out of the way first and then tell us about their successes later. But guys, yeah. um, you can't, what Julie is, you know, elegantly saying is you can't put yourself in a position where you're tearing yourself down. You know, it's easy to um, 
find fault in anything in life. I mean, for God's sake, you could find a fault in, in the most beautiful fresco in Italy, right? Anything you can find something that's objectionable. And if you just focus on the negative, you really will just uh, attract to yourself more negative. So, Julie, the last point, and actually I'm going to give him a bonus point. I think we have time. Yep. Mm-hmm. The last point is one of your favorite things to talk about. So, shoot. All right, so avoid leeches and attract lilies. What does that mean? Well, when you're feeling rejected, when you're feeling down and beat up, worst thing to do is invite others to reinforce those feelings. And you know who those people are, people who get right down in the mud with you and celebrate that drama. That can be people around you. It could be people in your office. But sometimes that's also turning the news on when you're feeling down. And then you hear about all the awful things that happened when you're already feeling down. Well, that's productive, right? Stop doing that. It can be media. It can be people. It could be the newspaper. Cut that out. So avoid leeches and attract lilies. Maybe your best friend is your best friend because they always pick you up and you love going out to coffee with them or have a brunch or a dinner with them. Look that person up instead of, you know, going in and sitting. Some of you guys have negative office managers or the person that's got the office next to you. And, boy, they just love to talk about how terrible the market is and it's so hard to get a buyer in contract and I got outbid by 17 offers today. Why would you be around that? Don't reinforce the negative by having leeches around you. Attract lilies, people that are supportive. That's why we have mastermind groups with our coaching clients. That's why we have our private Facebook page for our coaching clients. Those are your true colleagues, not people that wander around in this state of negativity. Okay? So the other thing I'd say on this, Tim, it's funny when, when they are in a heightened state of emotion, I always tell them to go call an unrepresented seller. You already wound yeah. up. You might as well close harder and make some money. Well, so one last point, one last point for you guys is when you are on your heels, when you have been rejected, when you are feeling, and it happens in real estate, and you guys ever notice when bad things happen in real estate, it's not just one thing, it's usually three or four, all within like the same day, you know, it almost feels like you're being tested like some sort of game show. Well, guys, that's normal. Everybody experiences that. It just is the way it happens. The more you are working, going in the right direction, the stronger you are uh, climbing the ladder, if you will, the more of the setbacks you're going to, or you're going to have to basically live through. It just is the way it works. The more successful you become, the more you're going to have um, bad, ex- bad experiences. It is the nature of it. It's how long you give yourself to overcome those bad experiences. So your bonus point is this. When you have something that sets you back emotionally, what you need to do is limit the amount of time that you're going to uh, bemoan that experience. You need to limit the amount of time that you're going to feel bad about it. You need to say, okay, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to dwell on this, to you know, think bad thoughts, to, and that's it, or five minutes even better, right? Don't let it, and this is, again, Julie touched on this, I touched on this, it's something that all of you guys have to own. When you have these bad experiences, sometimes some of you let those manifest and they grow into like, you know, it's like a tiny little ant and all of a sudden you walk past that ant in a week and now he's got this huge anthill. That's what happens with your emotions. And if you have these negative thoughts, if you're allowing one bad experience to basically uh, keep you down, then what's going to happen is you're going to have more bad experiences, more bad experiences, and then the next thing you know, you've wasted a month. You've wasted a quarter. And then you're looking for, uh, then you're on Monster looking for jobs at Costco. You guys get the point? So you've got to really say, when you have a bad experience, 
your new personal rule should be you're only going to allow uh, the thoughts and the experiences. You're going to give yourself morning of, say, five minutes. You know, that's it. I had this bad experience. I'm committed to learning from it. I'm going to find out what happened if you were rejected on something. I'm going to ask and inquire and see where I can improve. I'm going to feel sorry for myself for five minutes, and then I'm moving on. Okay? Don't let it grow into something. Don't let literally it grow into a mountain. Um, I want to also uh, thank all of you for continuing to make this and keep this the number one radio show for real estate agents in the country. We have a consistent listenership of close to 100,000 of you, and it is fantastic, and we sincerely thank your support. Thank you for your support. And I know a lot of you guys share our radio shows with a lot of other folks, uh, a lot of other agents, and that's fantastic. It makes us feel wonderful knowing that you value what we're saying to the point where you're sharing with other people. That's great. Um, and I also like the fact that we have developed a culture, I think, of sharing, of communal resport, uh, support, if you will. And you guys aren't just taking what we're telling you, and you aren't just hoarding it and hoping your competition uh, doesn't find out. You're recognizing the fact that if you get better and you can help other agents get better, that overall your ecosystem and your community of agents gets better as well. Because what happens is if you help others improve and help others get better, help others essentially master some of the skills and mindset skills mostly on today's radio show, that that will trickle back down to your transactions as well. Here's um, another shout-out. Thank you to our title sponsor, MojoSells.com and 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. Those are two of the absolute must-have things that you should have in your real estate toolbox. Not having Mojo Sells right now in any market, to me, makes absolutely no sense. It is one of the very basic building blocks of success. Uh, I wanted to talk, and I might talk this week, about the Zillow Investor Conference Call. There was a conference call that happened where, uh, you know, it's these, where they were talking, answering questions about their quarterly earnings and the rest of it. There are some statements that were made by the executives at Zillow that I think are unbelievably telling about their true mindset about agents. I'm debating with myself as to whether or not I should do that radio show because, frankly, I'm kind of talk, done talking about Zillow. Um, you guys tell me, if you want us to do another show on Zillow, you've got to email us directly and say that you want, want that information. But some of the stuff that came out will be very incendiary if put in context. And that's, you know, it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to have that. Email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com. And also, my producer just reminded us, we have another sponsor who's starting this week, Z Buyers. So more on Z Buyers on an upcoming radio show. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.